transitioning into into 24 hour a day NFL coverage as you're about five weeks from from training camp so you'll have training camp and and I'm actually hoping I'm hoping that my Colts can do something with Matt Ryan in in Matt we trust now I said that about Jacoby Brissett and, and Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck and since the Manny days one thing I tell you we're, we're talking about the dubs winning a chip when you have all-time greatness, man, you better you better cash in some chips. If you're a fan, I'm a, I'm a Colts fan. We had Peyton Manning got one bleeping championship. See, that's okay for for the guys out in Kixie, eight eighty a.m. listening in Seattle. You got one with with Russ Wilson, even though you should have should have gotten another one. They they inexplicably decided to throw on the one yard line. Could just handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Funny story, I know that Earl Thomas has been, and, and a lot of guys from the Legion of Boom, man, have have fallen upon some some difficult times. When I lived in downtown Seattle, I used to live I used to live at Pine and Minor Apartment Complex, which is right on the corner of Pine and Minor, right by Boren Avenue. And I would walk up Boren sometimes, or just drive. If you live in downtown Seattle, you know that, that driving is a liability. You, you really don't want to have a car. Because it costs an arm and a leg to park. They'll tow your car if you park in the wrong spot. I had my car towed many times. And then at the time when I lived in Seattle, just to, to garage your car was going to run you like four fifty to 500 a month in a decent garage. So you're better off just Ubering if you want to live downtown. But, but I, me being ignorant and kind of a suburban boy that wanted to live in downtown Seattle but really I'm not a city guy like I'm I grew up with white picket fences I lived in downtown Seattle loved living down there worked at Community Health Plan of Washington which was on the corner of Olive and 8th used to walk to work almost every day it rains a lot in Seattle but it's not cold up there so it's raining but it's like 60 or 58 degrees. It's pretty comfortable. But I used to go to IHOP on Friday night pretty frequently. I go to IHOP to get to get a triple stack of pancakes and some eggs. I love breakfast. I'm I'm eat breakfast for dinner guy. That's who I am. And a lot of times, who would I see at IHOP? I'd see Earl Thomas in there. Earl Thomas, I'd pull up. He had a he had a extremely expensive Benz, like a Maybach. I remember pulling up in in my car. I was like, "Who's who's at IHOP pushing a Maybach?" That didn't even make any sense. It'd be Earl Thomas. And the thing about Earl Thomas, I know he's going through some stuff now, and I'm gonna get in personal life. That's not that's not really what I do. That's not what I talk about. I just hope that whatever he's going through, that he gets the help that he needs. And I hope that if there's been illegal stuff that's done, then then he'll have to face justice in court, just like anybody else. But Earl Thomas, man, he'd be in there with three women. 
man. I'm I'm just I'm just this is a true story. I see him in there many times. Always a woman of Caucasian descent. Always an Ethiopian woman because there're not a lot of African American women in Seattle, but there are a lot of people from Ethiopia and Eritrea, a lot of beautiful women from Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, that part of Africa. Gorgeous women. And then a Filipino woman because there are a lot of Filipino and Asian women in Seattle, and he always had the trifecta, man. He he always went with the Neapolitan, the multi the multi color layer. Every time, like clockwork, he had three women with him. They're sitting there eating pancakes, and I don't know if those were his girlfriends or his publicists, but but he was always in there with three absolutely gorgeous, eleven out of ten women dressed to the nines, Louis, Gucci, Prada, all of that stuff. But they were eating, they were eating, they were eating at IHOP. On Broadway. Remember Sir Mix-a-Lot, my posse's on Broadway. Is uh, They were eating at IHOP on Broadway. And and that's my story about Legion of Boom. I used to see him all the time. They were like, man, this guy's driving a Maybach. I was younger and, and not spoken for. I was like, this guy's driving a Maybach. And he's got three beautiful women flanking him. I was like, this guy is living the life. I want to pivot and talk a little bit about business. We... At Paragon 7 Studios have been really focusing and, and, and building up our healthcare portfolio. We have so many fantastic consulting clients. And I'm so grateful and appreciative. People don't say thank you enough in this business and in this industry. And we have so many phenomenal groups that have invested in us, whether it's Four Walls Media, whether it's MedHealth Clinical Solutions, whether it's Episource, who's a fantastic partner and sponsors. We're really going to start doing some more risk adjustment specified content for, for Episource. Because as, as we get into the back end of this year, if you're, if you're listening to this show and you're a Medicare executive like I am, one of the things that people are getting hammered on is, is audit protocol. You got OIG and CMS, Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, for, for those that aren't in the business, and OIG, Office of the Inspector General. There are a lot of audits coming out. And during COVID, there's a lot of accrual stuff. I don't, I don't want to get into that specificity, but there are a lot of business practices during COVID, not shady business practices, but business practices that health plans evoked in a crisis. Well, you want to make sure that you're covered from an audit perspective. And EpiSource particularly, they have a, they have a wonderful tool called EpiConnect. And they're a fantastic vendor to bring in for your audit process. So the last two years, it's been it's been hell. You've been short-staffed. People have been working from home. You're going to need, if you're a Medicare plan and, and you're doing risk adjustment or you're submitting data to NCQA for clinical data for HEDIS, the Healthcare Effectiveness Data Information Set, you're going to need an audit partner. And Episource is a fantastic audit partner. That you really should check out and and reach out to me at Paragon 7 Studios if, if there's any interest in setting up some time with Episource. But we're really getting deeper into the filmography part. And I love going to the conferences, working with Rise. We have requests to be at quite a few conferences on the back end of this year. We're going to be doing Rise West in Los Angeles. We're going to be doing a conference in Scottsdale for Rise. That's a risk adjustment forum. And we've we've actually had, there's a health expo conference in Las Vegas that I've never had a chance to go through uh, go to personally, 
and we're really taking a, a look at going to Vegas as well and, and hitting the road to travel. I think one of those, we might do a cross-country tour for the G-Wagon, the Galanda cast. And we're looking at ways and opportunities to, to get better and get, and get filmography and really tell the story. So we have U.S. Hunger and we have social determinants of health programs that we've been promoting we have our relationship with Urban One in D.C., who's been a fantastic partner on WOL 95.9 FM. One of the, the, you're talking about Kathy. You're talking about legendary station. To be on a station that Kathy Hughes Grace, that Al Sharpton is on. You're talking about pioneers in African-American radio. And for us to be a part of that family and to have access to that brand and to have access to those minds is a blessing for us and it's a privilege. We don't we don't take that privilege lightly. That's why every day when we come in to broadcast, we come in with we you know, you check your ego at the door. We're we're out here representing Lance Radio Network and Paragon Seven Studios. We're out here representing Urban One. This is the largest African American owned platform in the country. Well because of the success and, and because of of additional sponsorship and people reaching out and, and consulting work we're really in the process of starting to frame a docu-series. And we don't know if Urban One is going to stream it on some of their platforms. We don't know if a major payer is going to get the rights to it. But we're, we're working on a docu-series. It's going to be a multi-part docu-series. I think one of the topics is going to be food is medicine. So you, you hear Cook's Nook and the ads for Cook's Nook. And obviously my man Rick Witted, U.S. Hunger. You know, kind of think of Soledad O'Brien, kind of a multi-part docu-series on African-American and Latinx communities. Some of the ills that plague those communities. So you got food as medicine, how nutrition is so important and impactful. We're going to discuss chronic care. What's the plight of someone that is in end-stage renal? What do they have to do to stay alive? How does the network construct for hospitals and health plans, how does that impact people that have diabetes, that are facing cancer? Young teenage uh, girls that are pregnant, how does it, how does it impact the healthcare continuum? We're going to do a an episode on that. And then we're going to talk about, from my perspective, the executive level. How does it all work from a planning standpoint? What what do the executives, what decisions are executives making? Why, why, why are there not as many clinics in bad neighborhoods, neighborhoods of color, as they are in predominantly Caucasian suburban neighborhoods? Well, that's by design. Right? Because the 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 provider groups are contracted by healthcare entities. So if healthcare entities wanted to contract provider groups to be in bad neighborhoods, they would contract provider groups to be in bad neighborhoods. It's not an accident that you go into certain communities and you see footlockers and you see delis and you see churches chicken in those neighborhoods. You don't see a lot of a lot of you don't see a lot of cardiologists. You don't see a lot of dentists. You don't see a lot of endocrinologists. But those are the neighborhoods that need it the most. So we're really working on a on a docu series. Um, Check us for updates on that because I'm very excited about really getting a group of people together to tell this story 
about healthcare in communities of color. And I'm just very excited. Dr. Fabian Garcia, my man, down in, in Orlando, he's going to be a part of that. We have so many brilliant people that are going to be a part of that. Isaac Palmer, Janelle King. David Meyer, but a lot of CEOs and, and a lot of people, I can't name and jinx everybody now, but a lot of people are really interested in being a part of this series with, with Lance J and hopefully collaborating with Urban One, but there, there are other groups out there. There's, there's iHeartRadio out there. We have a relationship with Hubbard Radio. We have a relationship with Beasley Media Group. I mean, there are a lot of groups out there that we've worked with, and, and we're really hoping to use our platform to tell a story and hopefully educate the masses so that we can have better clinical outcomes and, and really put something together that's entertaining, but shows the healthcare continuum, whether it's young people and their needs all the way up to individuals or Medicare that are in their sixties and seventies. So it's, it's a pleasure to be at that next stage and, and really looking to doing something that's going to be long lasting and fantastic and change lives. Live from the Paragon seven studios, you are listening to the Lance J radio network. Paragon.